Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend and coach, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Hey, Jim. I'm doing good. Always love visiting with you. And uh, so I look forward to doing this because I know we're going to help people. But yeah. I also look forward to it because we get time to talk. And uh, I, I, I have fishing buddies and I have ministry buddies, and I, and I sometimes have ministry buddies that fish. So this is this is just as much fun to me and as good for my soul as sitting in a boat, you know, catching bluegills all day. So I, I agree completely. Um, today we are kind of playing off of some wonderful things that have happened recently uh, with a conference that that uh, Converge was a, was a very much a part of. You just want to kind of give us the backstory on today and introduce our topic. Sure. Uh, Jim, back in uh, back earlier this year, actually, it might have been a year ago, uh, we had a gentleman on our podcast named Carl Vaders. And uh, Carl is a, a specialist in uh, the small church arena. And uh, we had him on the podcast. And then you suggested after that, hey, why don't we have Carl come to Michigan and do a conference for the leaders of small churches. And, uh, you know, we when we say small church, we're thinking of churches of 200 and under. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I thought, man, what a great idea. So our uh, our uh, network superintendent got wind of that. I had breakfast yeah. with him. <laughs> hey, I'd like to partner with you guys and let's do this together. And uh, man, we not only do we have an amazing turnout, which was really cool. Yeah. But the conference was so impactful. Uh, for, so good. for all of the, everybody who attended, even I don't pastor a church. I pastor pastors and I was impacted yeah. in a really powerful way yeah. uh, by it. And, and so I thought, and I asked Carl for his permission uh, yeah. to do this. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to take today, uh, today's pod and next week's pod to unpack what, what we think were some of the Great. most powerful moments of the conference, because we'd like to reinforce that. We want, yes. to, we want to give a reinforcing shot to those of you who sat under Carl's teaching, as well as introducing it to those who weren't able to attend. Because I had a lot of pastors tell me, oh, I wish I could have got there. Yeah. I had this going on. And so I'd like us to, in this pod, 162, unpack this statement that Carl made to these leaders. Yeah. And here's what he said. Small is not a problem a virtue or an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. room went silent. Oh. Because it was like, uh, it is a problem. Every time we get together, we're told that, hey, only X percent of us are over this certain size and we need to fix that because you fix a problem. You don't fix a solution. So, so many said that. So, I'm, I'm the problem in my, in my fellowship that my church is small. That's a problem that has to be fixed. And he really, he really unveiled that one, didn't he? Yes, he did. And so I'd like to take that phrase that's got three pieces to it. Yeah. It's not a problem, a virtue, or an excuse. And let's, un let's kind of dissect that together. So the first one, small is not a problem. How anti-American is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, 90% of evangelical churches in the United States are 200 and under. Yeah. 90%. 50% of all Christians attend these churches. Yes. And, and I think many 
leaders of small churches labor under the false notion that small churches are less than. Yes. You know, primarily due to comparison with larger entities. What do you think about that, Jim? And and I... He mentioned something about the last 40 years of evangelical Christianity, the the uh, the mass media. It used to be somebody wrote a book. They were expensive. They were rare. But then the conferences and the videos and the CDs and now the, the Internet. Well, who are the people that are teaching pastors how to pastor? They're generally a large, successful, you know, uh, ministry that has great music they're producing and multiple campuses. And so we go to their conferences to hear how did you do this because i'd like to be successful as well and uh and so he said man you know it just it makes you feel worse when you go to one of those mega conferences with a mega pastor with a mega book that and and one of the things i loved about carl's hearts he never in any way shape or form disparaged the large ministry disparaged yeah. the large congregation very careful to protect that but i love the fact they said listen about half of us in evangelical christianity in america go to a small church and half of us go to a large church. Yeah. Which which half do you not need anymore? Which half is is failing? Which half is not right? And it was such a it was it was jaw dropping, wasn't it? The room yes. only had permission and a calling and an identity and a specialty called a specialist. You know, right. a small church pastor is a specialist. It was it was so affirming that we weren't the problem. You know, as small church pastors, we were we were part of God's solution to win the world. Yeah. You know, Carl said that almost every pastor will pastor a small church at some point in their ministry. Yeah. And here's the here's the here's the thing. You can lead a small church well. Yeah. The goal is health. Yeah. Right? Ephesians 4. The goal is equipping people. And if we're faithful to that, if if we're if we're faithful to becoming the healthiest version yes. possible of what God has intended us to be. If we're, if we're committed to vibrancy, yeah. vibrancy has nothing to do with size. Um, if we're committed to equipping people, if we do that, then the ministry we lead, the church we pastor, will grow to the size God has intended for it. Right, right. So small isn't a problem. Mm-mm. And I um, I think maybe the most rewarding thing for me during that two-day conference, Jim, was to hear one small church pastor after another tell me, I feel listened to, I feel heard, wow. I feel understood. Um, yeah. And it just did something for me. Um, I guess I wasn't expecting the kind of res- the response we received jim was, yeah. was so much that way and it was so gratifying to me i had i had pastors tell me i have never been to a conference like this in my entire life yeah, yeah. that was dedicated to somebody in my environment yeah and so i loved it so small I, a- my my favorite comment was i said what, what do you think so far and he said i I think that I wish I would have gotten this 30 years ago. I wish somebody would have told me this 30 years ago. And I, I remember what the average age was in the room. I, I don't, I think there was a, a mix of new pastors and pastors been around for a long time. Sure. But I, I, I love that the older guys were saying, man. And I love that the new guys are like, okay, someday when I'm big, like the, like the goal changed to be a good pastor 
the pastors of sound ministry instead of how do I get more people in here? Because if the question is how do I get more people in the room, that has a certain answer. Certain decisions have to be made. If the question is how do I make the people in the room look more like Jesus, that that has a different answer. And I, I love that he gave permission to again not not to exclude growth, but it wasn't the goal. The goal was to be the best version uh, of yourself and lead the church as the best version of what God has for it. So it was it was liberating, wasn't it? It was so it liberating to watch people just just feel heard, like you said, celebrated, important. Yeah. And I think when you use the word specialist, it takes a specialist to lead a small church because yeah. every problem that a, that a big church has, if there's a thousand people, one person has a strong personality, 990 people has no idea who that person is. But if, you're, if your church has 25 people in it and one person has a strong personality, you have a significant leadership challenge in front of you. That's right. And and I, he said, you're, you're not less than, God's actually entrusted you with with a, a very special set of circumstances so you must be something important and it wasn't yeah. psychological it was it was biblical and I, I hope those that are listening right now are hearing in our voice uh, and in the information we're sharing but others who are in the room get to hear like you are called to this you are called to these you're called to this season and to this congregation this community and uh, it's a great compliment from god who trusts you to lead yeah. not not something you want to get a stone you get to step on to get to something more important that's this is important right now yeah and and and, and so carl's next phrase after that yeah. which it just i just loved he said it's not a problem but it's not a virtue either yeah yeah you know and he hit that one repeatedly uh, <laughs> i think jim that i think that there can be a chip on the shoulder of pastors who lead churches under 200 and here's what the chip sounds like the only reason the church down the road is big is because they compromise. Yes. The reason we're smaller is because we preach the truth and others don't. Yeah. Um, larger churches aren't discipling anybody. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and I'm not assuming that's I've actually heard small uh yes. oh, leaders tell me, say that to me. Yeah. And um and I think and I think Carl pointed this out and I believe it. That those types of thought patterns are deeply flawed. Yes. Jim, almost every church that we work with that's over 200 is rooting for churches under 200 yes. to yes. be healthy. Yeah. You know, large churches can do things smaller churches can't do. Smaller churches can do things larger churches can't do. And right. Jesus, right. I believe Jesus needs both sizes to get yeah. the mission accomplish yeah small is not a virtue give me your thoughts on that one you know i, I think too there if if i'm the problem if i'm told my congregation and my failed leadership and my congregational size is the problem after a while that's going to kind of get old of hearing that because i know how hard i'm working as a pastor in this church and then to be called a failure afterwards um i i, I would feel misunderstood and after a while my defensiveness could easily become offensive right well mm -hmm. If I, I I could be big if I just you know compromise and and we did these five things you guys do but I I'm not because I'm a holy person it's it's was it self comforting it's self soothing but it's self serving and that that's where the problem comes it's not it, maybe it's true that the church down the street is compromising but my experience is the more a church compromises the gospel the less people attend 
that, that church. And I'm not saying small churches are compromised churches. I'm saying I've watched large churches begin to embrace new ideologies that were unscriptural and the congregations divide and go separate places. So you cannot assume it's large because it's it's all encompassing and all welcoming and all truths are the same and all roads lead to God. That that I think anybody who's listening would say that's not true. I've seen entire yeah. movements be fractured by that all encompassing, all welcoming message. So right. it is uh, it is neither a virtue nor a, a lack of virtue that causes a church to be small or large. It's it's the will of God and and honestly, I think the opportunities that uh, that come our way. Obviously, a church in New York has a lot more potential than a church in Roscommon does. Right. It's it's because there's millions versus dozens of people. So a lot goes into this. Yeah. So small is not a problem. It's not a virtue. Yeah. Um, and the third part of that sentence is that small is not an excuse. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, it, you know, occasionally a pastor of a church of 200 or less might have this thought, you know, we can't do fill in the blank yeah. because we're a smaller church. Yeah. Um, we've done some consulting work quite a bit of consulting work, Jim, with churches that are 200 or less in, yeah. in attendance. And um, I would not allow that phrase to be spoken mm. during the one-year engagement. Yeah. I don't want to hear you can't do this because, and then insert. We're, yeah. we're not going to operate like that. We're not going to think like that. Yeah. And, and, because, and I felt so strongly about that, Jim, because in that sentence, there's almost this sense of resignation. Like, right, right. We can't develop leaders. We can't reach our community. We can't, yeah. we can't, we can't. You know, it's this idea that because we're small in quantity, we can't have quality. Right. And I don't believe that's true at all. Carl put it this way. He said, people will come to small churches, but they won't give up quality to do it. Right. Figure out what you do well. Yes. Over and over and over again. Yeah. So, give me your thoughts on this third one. Small is not an excuse. Yeah, you know, I I'm I work with Converge, I pastor a local congregation, and I and I uh, I'm also the church planning director for uh, the Michigan Network. So, all the the 31 churches that we've planted began with one family, but that mm -hmm. one family asked different questions, and the church has been around for dozens of years and has five families. So, yeah. I, this never happens with the one family that wants to plant a church. It only happens with the, the churches that have been around for a long time, but have a handful of families. They, well, we can do that. Someday when we're bigger, we'll do that. But the church planter asked the question, how do I reach my community? Something Carl said that I thought was really uh, insightful. He said, none of the biblical mandates require more than two or three people. None of them. Mm -hmm. Worship, evangelism, missions, outreach, discipleship, none of them require more than two or three people. So you cannot say, if, there, if there's more than three people, there's not a single biblical mandate that we are excluded from. It's, we're, we're all to be a part of the Great Commission. We're all to be a part of the Great Commandment. Yes, the expressions will be different. And yes, there will be, you know, sometimes a difference in, in quality, if you will. But I love that he said, if you're doing 14 things poorly, do three things really well. Find out what yeah. you do really well and do those things. Well, I, I'd lose 12 families if I only well, have 14. I'd lose them because that's their ministry. But again, if sharing the vision of let's do this really, really, really well, let's do what we can do with the anointing of the Lord really well. And uh, and knowing that it doesn't require more than three people, two or three people, to obey every biblical mandate that Jesus gave us, um, it does remove that excuse. And, and and not remove it like, aha, you have to do it. But no, I, you are the devil has convinced you you're ineffective. Jesus is saying, no, you are effective. 
So go, go be what he sent you to be. Do it really well and watch, watch God add to the kingdom. And if he has one, great. If he has a thousand, great. But he will add when you obey. And yeah. uh, that's, that's the goal of obedience is his will being done. So, so one last thought, Jim, and then I'll have yeah. us I'll have you wrap us up uh, uh, for this uh, session today. Carol uh, said this: pastoring a small church is not a penalty for yeah. doing something wrong. Yeah, it's it's a specialty, as you mentioned before, yeah. and it's worth doing well. So that's our heart. We we want you to do whatever God has put in front of you to do, and to yeah. do it well. To do it better than maybe you've done it, and to do it for sustainable period of time for longevity. We're we're that's our heart. That's our mission statement. We help leaders lead yeah. better, lead longer, and enjoy yeah. it more. Yeah. And and so we want to encourage you today. Um, if you're leading a, a work that uh, is under two hundred, um, that you have a place. At the table, you are important. You matter. What you do is is hard to do, and uh, so we want to encourage you, and we want to challenge you. Yeah. We want to challenge you. Don't 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 carry a chip on your shoulder. Let yeah. go of that. Let go of that. Let go of that false narrative that you're telling yourself, um, and realize that the size of the organization you lead should not influence negatively quality. Yeah. And and your quality is not compared to the church down the street or the church across the road. No, it's what can we do the very best that we can do. That's the measuring stick, right? It's not I'm yeah. not I'm yeah. not comparing my competition and I hate to use the word competition. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not competing against the church down the road. I'm competing against the potential of our organization. And yeah. so we want to encourage you and challenge you at the same time uh, today. And we hope we accomplish both of those. Yeah. You know, I, I written on my, my wife's wall is a sticky note that's on the window in front of her, her and it says comparison can only lead to um, envy or pride and neither glorify Jesus. That's, yeah. that's a little sticky note. Comparison leads to envy or uh, or pride and neither glorify Jesus. So I, I'm with you. Compare yourself to yourself. Compare yourself to Jesus. Compare yourself to the best self that Jesus has made you to be. And he's not asking you to do your imitation of Rick Warren. <laughs> he's not asking you to do your, right. your imitation of Tommy Barnett. Anytime you do an imitation of somebody else, God, God, I just really believe God can't put his grace on somebody who's acting. One of the great indictments of the Pharisees was hypocrite, which means actor. <laughs> Someone who pretends to be one thing, but is another. So God's going to use you, but only when you are you. So God bless you, our dear listeners and watchers. Will you pastor a monstrous behemoth, million dollar a day, you know, huge <laughs> thing. Or it's, it's you, your family, and a dream that's in your heart to plant a church somewhere. Anything in between. God bless you. We're here for you. ConvergeCoach.com. We would love to have a conversation with you about whatever is in your future. Um, these thoughts and other ones are available to you through a, a multitude of staff members that specialize in large churches, small churches, planting churches, um, troubled churches. Uh, we, yeah. we, we've been there uh, as a team. Various parts of us have been there or are there now as a team. And uh, we'd love to, to take the testimonies to help you through your test. So God bless you. Keep going. It's Tuesday. You haven't quit. We're proud of you. We're cheering for you from the stands. Continue to lead from alignment.